0: The following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm
1: Chapter 37 Cobalt Glyphs Lan struggled to carry Treya upon her back (sighs) the elven woman had been badly hurt during the attack and it hadn't been wise to move her but they had no choice they had to push on towards the secret way that had been indicated by the Unime. were they being misled that's what Echo would have said Yet the Unime had given them no reason to doubt. Even so, in the maze, it was often impossible to be sure who was a friend and who was an enemy, until it was too late. Len tried to let go of her fears. She concentrated on the march, left foot, then right. Carefully,
0: carefully.
1: She could not see any longer, but then again, most of her life had always been lived in the darkness. Treya's head settled then, onto Len's shoulder, and, as the cleric fought to keep on going... The sound of the elf's breathing reassured Len that at least she was still alive. At last, the group stopped and, though no one spoke, Len suspected from the heightened energy in the air that the group had arrived at the location of the cobalt glyphs. From the way she had heard them described, Len pictured four rows and four columns of savage depictions. Each showed a different race being pursued, attacked, or devoured by kobolds, or else another more primitive canine form. When they had last passed this way, the Unime had discovered the secret of the glyphs, that one of them could be lifted away from the stone to reveal a hidden catch. Len strained her ears for the sound of the telltale click, but instead could only hear the nervous sound of whispering from ahead. Len summoned the last of her strength to keep from losing Traya Len wanted to rest. Len wanted to sleep. Then, suddenly, she heard the sound of weapons being drawn. What was happening? There was nowhere for her to go, and her hands were no longer free to find her mace. Perhaps it had been a trap after all. Travelers of the Maze Legendary powers and friends of the show I am your Maze Master Abel Enzo And I am your guide In the Endless Maze How have you fared since last we met? As for me, I'm looking for your commentary on the show. Do provide it at the Iron Realm website. Now, forward we go, torch in hand and weapon at the ready.
0: complete details for tonight's guest audio
1: are in the show notes at theironrealm.com or theironrealm.blogspot.com. The Iron Realm Podcast, copyright A.B. Lenzo. And I, your Maze Master, recognize with honor. All ye contributors to tonight's show. Ashley Eddy of freesound.org J. Lou 1987 of freesound.org Corsica S. at freesound.org
0: Secrets of the Maze Master.
1: Maze, Master. Maze Master What follows on tonight's Secrets of the Maze Master is one episode of a seven-part series on character stats within the Iron Realm. They are not a part of the Character 8 game experience, but are given as a reference to all those Maze Masters out there who may well be running their own solitaire games. Part 5. Charisma. A character's charisma is a combination of that character's good looks, beauty, strength of personality, and likability. A character with a charisma of 3 or lower gives a penalty of 3, 4 to 5, a penalty of two, six to eight. A penalty of one. A charisma of thirteen to fifteen gives a bonus of one. A sixteen to seventeen a bonus of two. An eighteen a bonus of three. And a nineteen a bonus of four. Tribal man. cobalt barracks is a room of some size originally intended as a launching point for attacks by the dogmen however it is clear that the room could also serve perhaps indefinitely as a strategic holding zone for a small tactical squad of cobalt warriors There are weapons, racks, carved directly into the walls themselves. While also there are small cavities in the walls, ideal for storing food and gear. And there are beds, bunk beds, enough for eight to recline, although certainly these were built with a smaller size to dogmen in mind the mattresses are little more than nets filled with straw and yet these are far more comfortable than the hard stone floor as for the temperature it is far warmer than other areas of the maze reaching as high as 59, or maybe 60, degrees. Those worst among them are placed upon the beds, whilst the goblins are required to occupy a sitting position in the southeast corner of the room. Nora and Treya keep careful guard over them, whilst the group takes stock of their equipment and supplies. Len, Nim, and Twyla look after their sick and wounded, whilst Treya's wounds, especially, are carefully cared for and bound. Treya has lost a lot of blood, and a 50% roll is now required of her, for of course it was unwise to move her in the maze, considering the extent of her injuries. Let's have the roll. Treya has managed the move well, and so her life points remain as they are. For having been moved, there are several other in the group which must also take a check. Temek is okay. Iona loses a life point. Kailana is okay. Orson tolerates the move. Paola also tolerates the move. Bardar has also handled it well, and Stockholm loses a life point. The wounded are as follows. Solus 5 out of 8. Stockholm, 8 out of 10. Treya, negative 5 out of 5. Len, 1 out of 6. Temek, 4 out of 6. Iona, 3 out of 8. Paola, 3 out of 8. Nora, 5 out of 9. Twyla, 3 out of 6. And Nim, 3 out of 6. The spells currently held by the group are as follows. Amazar, Door Denial. Lilena, Sea Magic. Orson, Invisible Shield. The group is suffering a minus two penalty from lack of food and water, although this penalty shall vanish once they take sleep. Additionally, each member of the group afflicted with the malady is taking a minus one, and currently many amongst the group's number is suffering badly as the disease takes its toll on them. Nora, Twyla, and Nim are showing the first signs of the malady, whilst Kailana, Stockholm, Bardar, Orson, Iona, and Viola have sunken into delirium and are barely conscious anymore of the world. They are left tied upon the beds, although they are no longer blindfolded or gagged. As for Tamek, He is descended to the final stage of the disease and he looks death's door in the eye. He is sweating profusely as the healers hover over him, clearly agitated, clearly anxious, as they desperately do what they can to save him. Temek must make a death save versus disease. A sixteen. Tamek will pull through. The fever breaks. He has at last passed through the worst of the malady. It is nine o'clock p.m. on the twelfth day of Primaris. In The cobalt Barracks, at 41 across, 27 down, 43 across, 31 down, the group prepares as they may for a long night's sleep. The lantern shall be kept lit through the night for the benefit of those on watch. Meanwhile, Nora elects to stay awake throughout the night, in order to grant additional support in case the goblins cause any trouble. Considering the number of incapacitated tribes members, it will be very difficult to fill out all five watches. The watches will be set as follows. The first watch from 9 p.m. to 11, Twilight and Nim; then Lilayna and Amazar, then Len and Solis. the fourth watch, Twyla and Nim again, the fifth watch, Lelena and Amazar, and by 7 o'clock a.m., Len and Solis will have had a full night's rest, and so shall take over from there on in, so that Nora, Lelena, Amazar, Twyla, and Nim may recover the rest of the sleep they'd lost through the night. I've taken a careful look at this area of the maze, and it seems that only those with knowledge of the secret door, or those willing to crawl through the boiling steam vents, could possibly find their way into this area of the maze. Therefore, I will be performing only half the usual number of roaming creatures checks whilst the characters stay Within this area. Starting at 9 p.m., the rules. A roaming creatures check comes up as a threat at 8 o'clock a.m. during the watch of Lan and Solis. On the 13th day, the fighter and the cleric can hear a dangerous-sounding, buzzing noise. They go for their weapons, stored on the weapon rack, and to listen carefully to determine the location of the sound. As they turn their heads from side to side, the sound is getting louder and louder and louder.
0: LEGENDARY POWERS SECRET PATHS
1: The first seven paths are well known, yet beyond these there lie many secret paths. Seek and follow these as well, and allow your legendary power to achieve new heights NEVER BEFORE IMAGINED. THE TENTH PATH SEEK PEACE The Iron Realm is a realm of total conflict and war, yet the Earth may yet be saved. Actively practice the path of peace in small or large ways and be rewarded by your Maze Master. Award yourself 10 ranks of renown in-game for every hour of dedicated effort you have enacted within your sphere of influence, or begin a daily practice of peace to earn even more ranks fast. There is no hope left for the Iron Realm, yet I beseech you to become a champion for peace on behalf of your own world. Walk the way of gratitude. I thank you for your wisdom.
0: The Onyx Vault. For centuries... There have been rumors of its existence. I tell you now that it is not a myth. An impenetrable vault made of black onyx, deep in the tunnels, hidden, guarded, warded. Inside are held the most elusive treasures, the rarest treasures reserved for the greatest friends of the show. Pre-release podcasts every month give our greatest defenders secret knowledge of the future, forewarned of those events yet to come before anyone else on the planet. Meanwhile, the Iron Realm Solitaire Essentials and Gaming Guide is a must-have for every fan of the dungeon setting with all the rules and advice you need to take your own Iron Realm campaign to the next level. Masterfully compiled and illustrated, the Solitaire Essentials and Gaming Guide is ready to print, to hard copy, or download to your computer, laptop, or mobile device. Plus, who knows what other rare items and extras will be trapped into the vault as time goes on. Get the key for those who have journeyed in the Iron Realm and wanted more. Rise to the call. Unlock the secrets of the Onyx Vault. Your long-awaited reward awaits. Get the key. Visit... Patreon.com slash the Iron Realm, and to be you rewarded. Access to the Onyx Vault is a gift from your Maze Master, an appreciation for exemplary support of the Iron Realm. I thank you for your generosity and for your brave exploits in defense of the Iron Realm.
1: The group has reached the Cobalt Barracks, and it is now time to consider the reallocation of gear, while also getting a closer look at those items and treasure acquired from the Goblins, the Beastmen, and the Cobalds. And of course, that gear held by their own fallen companions is carefully gifted amongst the surviving members of the tribe. These decisions are by consensus, and although some members of the group are far too deep into the malady to claim responsibility for any of these items as of yet, it is the ultimate intention that shall be stated on tonight's segment. To begin, each member of the group now has one backpack four water skins, a large sack, and two belt pouches. Of the water skins, half are empty. Further, for food, each member of the group now has six rations. Beyond this, the group possesses the dead cobalt and a collection of eggs. And further, there is a store including twelve extra rations seven extra water skins, and two wineskins, which have been assigned into Stockholm's care. Further, the following items have been procured as spoils of battle and are distributed as follows. Goblin longbow and ten arrows. Treya. Two two-handed swords to Solus, A goblin sling with ten stones. Bardar, a short sword, also for Bardar, a long sword to Kana, six sets of hide armor delivered into Stockholm's care, a small hammer and eight iron spikes for Temek, and two hand axes for Bardar, taken from the goblins as well, twelve D six in Electrum coins. Result, 46 Electrum Coins, which is passed into Nora's care. Also, the charts show 9d8 Copper from the Kobolds and 6d8 from the Beastmen. That's 15d8 total. Let's see the result. That's 85 Copper Coins, which is held by Twyla. The gear salvaged from Echo... Is as follows 66 copper goes to Temek, 16 electrum to Keilana, 9 gold coins to Amazar, a tinderbox to Solus, Echo's map goes to Keilana. Her rogue's tools and a leather armor also go into Keilana's care. Her spear to Stockholm, her black dagger to Temek, her three normal daggers to Keilana, Echo's dagger with Cobra Poison goes to Kaylana as well, and her Slingstones to the Halfling Temek. Echo previously had five torches as well, but these have been expended on the march. As a side note, one of Len's torches has been expended as well, and has been stricken from her record. Of those items owned originally by the Elven leader, Kai, the chainmail is passed into Temek's care, for the halfling can wear the chainmail shirt, tying it with a belt around his waist, and thus improving his armor value to a 5. Kai's shield and clothes have already been passed to Lilena, as well as his longbow with 20 arrows. Kai's sword goes to Temek, and his spellbook is given to Orson. As for Sira's belongings, her green robes and red dress are secured in Twyla's backpack, while her staff goes to Keilana. Cira also had charge for the gold belonging to the Udame. It was 314 gold coins, and these are now possessed by Nora. Sira's supply of oil, 18 flasks, is split amongst Yona, Kana, and Paola, as are her silver daggers, of which she had three. Sira also had ten normal daggers, which are split between Kailana and Amazar, while her map of the maze and her ink is given to Nim and her lantern to Paola. Now let's take a look at the level point pool. There are two level point pools. The first includes all members of the group except Temek, who is catatonic. This first pool also includes Sira, who, at the time of these awards, had not yet passed on. The awards! 35 points for battling the goblins during Chapter 32. 50 points for the Chapter 32 intro, and 50 points for Nora's profile. 50 points... For the Goblin Shane's narrative. And during Chapter 34... 15 points for defeating the three kobolds. During Chapter 34... 50 points for the narrative entitled... The Wall. And 50 points as well... For the intro to Chapter 35. And... 50 points for Sira's profile. Also 50 points for Amazar's profile... That's 400 level points total, divided 15 ways, is 26 level points for each partaking member of the tribe, with 10 points left over. The second level point pool excludes Temek, Sira, and Treya. And so, the awards bestowed are as follows... 13 points for defeating the Spitting Cobra, and 20 points for the Beastmen. 50 points for the Chapter 37 intro, 50 points for the Chapter 36 intro, and 50 points for Bardar's Profile. 23 points for the Electrum Coins secured from the Goblins, and 1 level point for the various Copper Coins. That's 207 level points. Divided 13 ways makes 15 level points each with 12 left over. I'm going to assign the leftover 22 level points to Nora. And so the group is left with the following level point totals Solus 705, Len 752, Keilana 640, Treya 1237, Stockholm. Eleven seventy five Temek five sixty Amazar twelve oh five Iona eighteen seventy four Kana eleven sixty nine Paola seventeen eighty three Bardar eleven twenty Lilena three thirty eight Orson eight sixty five Nora twenty two eighty eight Twyla 1464, and NIM, 996. Thusly are the rewards handed out for survival in the Iron Realm.
0: You have been listening to The
1: Iron Realm. If you would like to show your appreciation and support new episodes of The Iron Realm, visit patreon.com slash the iron realm and be you rewarded finally tell your friends and spread the word about the world's first play by podcast RPG audio drama your fellow travelers and your maze master thank you from the eternal depths of the iron realm I have been your maze master,
0: Abel Enzo. Remember, play hard or go home. Iron Rail! Good night, everyone.